Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Good morning and welcome to Coastal Community Church. Welcome to Church Online if you're watching us at home or uh, on the road or at somebody else's home this morning already. Uh, we're glad that you're here today. I'm Pastor Chris. Hey, a couple of little things I wanted to share with you this morning. I, I noticed as I was looking at my bulletin, we have a kind of a, I guess, a little gift for you today. Uh, it's a little, uh, our little decal. We give these away periodically, and uh, it's just a, a window decal, so it's there in your bulletin. If you're not really dis- displaying that proudly yet on your car, uh, we have that there for you this morning. And and I'm excited about this. I want wanted you to pull this out this morning. Uh, this is our 100-day challenge, and uh, it starts January the 1st, and we're going to be reading through the four Gospels together this year, and this is your uh, calendar of the daily readings. It's just kind of cool that there's about, well, really exactly 100 days between January 1st and, and Good Friday uh, as far as the readings go. And uh, so we decided to kick off 2020 uh, in great fashion, encouraging our entire church uh, to uh, get spirit spiritually fit with a 100-day challenge. And so we're reading through the Gospels, um, we're memorizing uh, verses of Scripture, the words of Jesus. Every Sunday, uh, there on your calendar, you notice there's a memory verse uh, for that week. And uh, right now, I think we have over uh, around 250 adults that have signed up for the 100-day challenge. So if you haven't yet signed up, uh, you can do so on your Connect card inside your bulletin. And uh, we're going to be encouraging you over those 100 days to, uh, you'll be a part of a little email group, we'll send out a little weekly email. Uh, we'll be reminding people and encouraging people throughout uh, social media during the 100 days. We're also encouraging people uh, to give, to serve, uh, and to get moving, by the way. There's also going to be kind of a physical aspect of the 100-day challenge. We want everybody to get off the sofa and get physically fit as well. Uh, so we'll be encouraging you about that. So if you're interested in joining us, signing up uh, for the 100-day challenge, you can do that on the back of your Connect card this morning. So let's talk about Christmas. I'm like Scott. I'm excited about Christmas Eve. Uh, he mentioned uh, shopping and presents. So let's just go ahead and get a raise of hands. How many of you are completely finished with your shopping? Fine. I've been asking you that for weeks. Very, very good. Okay. Is there anybody in the room who has not started shopping yet? Raise your hand. Okay, a, f- a few. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to be praying for you. And uh, how many of you, though, even you, maybe you're not completely finished, but you're rushing out of here today to go do some more shopping? Got a, got a few of you that are going to be doing that today. Um, now, what about this? How many of you are re-gifting a present this year? <laughs> Praise God for you. I think that's just... Uh, that's great stewardship of God's resources, you know. You're saving money, you know, you're going to use the extra money toward daring faith this year, so, uh, so that's great. Um, no, for the past month, we have been looking at a passage of Scripture uh, that uh, has four names that have been given to Jesus, really four descriptions of who He is and what He can do in your life. And uh, it's found in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Follow along as I read. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of what? Peace. Peace. I don't know about you, but at times... Christmas seems anything but peaceful. Now, honestly, much of it we really do bring on ourselves. I mean, just think for a moment about 
what we do during this time of the year. So during this time of the year, we decide that we're going to have more parties during this one month than the whole rest of the year combined. I don't know why we do it, but we do that to ourselves, don't we? And during this time of the year, this, this month, besides all of these parties, we say, hey, let's write a personal note to every person we've ever met in our lives and uh, send them a little card. How many of you send Christmas uh, cards? Uh, how many of you send pictures of your family, you know, to friends and loved ones? Great, great, great. We do that. And then as if that weren't enough, you know what we also do? We say, hey, let's redecorate our house on the inside and on the outside. Um, we add that to the list. And then during this time of the year, we try to buy a special gift for every person in our life that we love. And then, you ready? We bake. We bake. How often do you bake? You never bake throughout the year. You're baking like a mad person right now. But you do it during this time of the year. And then right in the middle of all of that, is as if all of that wasn't crazy enough. You know what we do? We say, hey, let's let the kids out of school for two weeks. Woo! It's crazy. No wonder we are completely stressed out. But guess what? The very first Christmas was anything but peaceful. Think about it. An angel of the Lord appeared to a little teenage girl named Mary and told her that although she's a virgin, she's going to become pregnant and have a son. She's engaged, but she's never been with a man. She's a virgin, and she's pregnant. And she's pregnant by God. Now, that'd be a tough situation, a tough scenario to uh, explain to your parents, wouldn't it? That'd be a tough conversation to have with your fiancé. Uh, peaceful is not the word I would use to describe those conversations. So Joseph, we know the Bible says, was a righteous man. And he decides that he really wants to kind of get rid of Mary quietly. But then an angel appears to him and confirms her story. Now, I got a feeling that the next nine months were anything but peaceful in the little town of Nazareth. I mean, think about the rumors, you know, the shame, the embarrassment, all the nasty comments. Again, not exactly the picture of uh, peace and tranquility. Then it gets worse. She's nine months pregnant, and they've got to travel cross-country on a donkey for a census go back to Bethlehem. Nine months pregnant on a donkey. Nothing peaceful about that. How many of you remember the drive, your drive to the hospital when your child was born? Right? I have never, never, ever heard anybody describe that trip as peaceful. You know, and for the most part, you know, for, for much of us, you know, many of us, it was just a pretty easy, you know, 20, 30 minute car ride you know, to the local hospital. And then they pull into town, and man, she's got to be freaking out. I mean, here's Joseph. He basically pulls into, you know, what we would think of every hotel, and uh, everything's booked up. I mean, there's no Holiday Inn Express, no Motel 6. Even the Evergreen is full, okay? And so finally, 
Joseph negotiates a deal with some guy and who basically must say, well, there's no room in town, but you can stay in my barn. I like to think that was the very first Airbnb, okay? And so here you've got this little girl, nine months pregnant, traveled all this time on a donkey, in a barn, with the animals, with the animal poop, and she gives birth. And ladies, guess what? No epidural. Can you say no epidural, no peace? Jesus is born. The Prince of Peace enters planet Earth. King Herod is threatened. He's freaking out. He basically says, hey, I've heard rumors about this. You know, there's been prophecies. You know, is this guy going to try to overthrow me? And so he tells a group of people, hey, go find him and kill him. And just to make sure, find any baby under the age of two that's male and kill them as well. So here we have the Prince of Peace. All of a sudden, all these innocent children are being murdered. Again, peace, peaceful. That's probably the last word I would use to describe the time of the birth of Jesus. I mean, from what we know, it was a time of fear and unrest and paranoia and turmoil and political division and hatred. Sounds a lot like today, doesn't it? In fact, fast forward to 2019. 2019 has been anything but peaceful. You know, in the coming weeks, we're getting ready to see all those stories. They're going to be, you know, end of the year stories. They're going to be flooding the media. And, and I really doubt they're going to use the word peaceful to describe 2019. You know, just the opposite. Turn on the news this past year, and what have we seen? Terrorist bombings, school shootings, racial tension, political hatred and division. In fact, honestly, if you kind of, you know, scan the last 2,000 years, you kind of ask yourself this question. If Jesus really is the Prince of Peace, did he fail? Did he fail? I mean, at the very first Christmas when the angels appeared to the shepherds, they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. At the conclusion of Jesus' ministry, before he goes back to heaven, Jesus said this, John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And then in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? Peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus came to bring peace. He said it himself all throughout his ministry from birth to death. So the question is again, did he fail? Well, it really depends on how you define peace. You know, the world defines peace as the absence of conflict, the absence of trouble. But obviously Jesus had something else in mind. You know, in fact, back in those passages in John, he said, and the peace I give is not like the world's peace. In fact, in the world, you're going to have trouble. He said it. So that can't be the kind of peace that he's talking about. You know, I meet and talk with a lot of people today. It kind of comes with my job. It's, and it's really rare that I find people who say they are at peace. 
I mean, I talk to people all the time. I meet people who are busy, who are stressed out to the max. I meet people who are tired, who are beat down relationally, financially, uh, emotionally, physically. I rarely meet people who are at peace. At peace with themselves. At peace with the world around them. And at peace with God. What about you? In fact, let's just pause right, right here for a moment. Because that really is the question of the day. Are you at peace? How would you answer that question? Now think it through. Think through all the different dimensions of your life. Are you at peace relationally? Financially? Emotionally? Physically? Are you at peace with yourself? Are you at peace with the other people in your life, the important people in your life? Your family, your children, your friends, your co-workers? And most importantly, are you truly at peace with God? You see, Isaiah calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. Now in Hebrew, it's two words, sar shalom. I want to talk about those words just a little bit. Sar means the one who is in charge, the chief, the general, the Lord. In fact, the Romans used this word sar, and it became Caesar, like Julius Caesar. So again, Jesus is the general, the Lord, the one who is in charge, the sar of shalom. So what does shalom mean? Well, it actually was a greeting that one person would give to another, but it's so, so much more than just a simple hi or hello greeting. It was more of a, a state of being. Shalom means rest, tranquility, wholeness, completeness. Jesus is the Sar Shalom. You could say He is the general of rest. He is the Lord of tranquility. He is the captain of contentment. And as long as we are in Christ, under the authority of Christ, we have access to His peace. Now let me ask you a question. So does that mean that we can do anything we want, live any way we want to live, and still have his peace? Well, of course not. You know, I mean, can you sleep around and then go to church and have peace? No. Because you're doing something that's outside of the, the lordship or the, the leadership of the Sar Shalom. Can you get into a big, hairy fight and go ballistic and curse and call each other names? You know, your, your spouse, your husband or wife, and then all of a sudden expect to have the peace of God. Of course not. Because you're outside of the Sar Shalom. Can you charge up all your credit cards this Christmas and spend more money than you make and then just expect to have peace? Some of you are hoping so. But the answer is no. Because you're outside of the will of the Sar Shalom. You see, it's only when you're, you're living under the Lordship of Jesus, the one who is in charge, the Lord, and experience His peace. Jesus is the Sar Shalom. He is the, the Prince, the Lord, the Commander of contentment, 
peace. Now the amazing thing is, when we're in Christ, and we're living under the Lordship of Christ, He really can give us a peace that most people really can't understand. You see, when your world is, is truly falling apart, and it's chaotic, and painful, and hard, Jesus can give you an inner sense of tranquility, and contentment, and peace that goes beyond anything that this world can understand. Now, just as the, the Sar Shalom can give you peace, he can also take that peace away. Because, again, he's, he's in charge. Now, why? Why in the world would he do that? Well, again, he is the Sar Shalom. He's the Prince of Peace. Sometimes, he might remove your peace to get your attention. To give you a wake-up call. Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe there's an area of your life where it is anything but peaceful. And you, you know it, you feel it. Maybe, maybe you've run away from God. And He has removed His peace from an area of your life to draw you back to Him. And maybe that's why you're here today. Now, what in the world does all this mean for you and me in our everyday life? Two thoughts. If you're taking notes, write this down. First of all, Jesus, the Sar Shalom. He is the peace who comforts you. He's the peace who comforts you. Some of you right now, you've got some things going on in your life that are just, they're just going haywire. There, there really is no sense of inward spiritual peace. Maybe God brought you here today so that you could just hear and understand that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, wants to give you his comfort. Go back to what Jesus said in John 14, 27. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Now I want you to notice something very important there. It's not your peace. It's, it's his peace that he gives. It's, it's the peace of the one who is in charge of shalom. The, the commander of contentment, the chief of tranquility. It is his to give. He, he gives you his peace. Now, because it's his peace, not yours, not mine, you and I can experience it even when everything around us is anything but peaceful. Let me, let me see if I can uh, illustrate it to you this way. So, years ago... Uh, I went on what is called a ride-along uh, with Brian Miller from our church, who at the time uh, was a South Carolina state trooper. Now, 
by the way, Brian also leads uh, our security team here, our security ministry. You might not have known that we have one. It's the guys with little earpieces and walkie-talkies, and uh, you don't really notice them sometimes because they're like ninjas around here. Uh, but maybe you might be interested, by the way, in serving on the uh, security team. Uh, if you are, on the back of your Connect card, I'd like to volunteer to serve. You can circle uh, security team. You can pick up a t-shirt today uh, on your way out. Uh, but, so I went on this ride-along with Brian. Now, I actually don't think that they allow people to do that anymore uh, with both, you know, state troopers or police officers. I need to check on that. And I believe in my heart that it had nothing to do with me and my experience that night, okay? I think they just stopped doing it. I don't think it had anything to do with Pastor Chris, but let me see if I can set the scene for you, okay, for what happened uh, that evening. First of all, it was evening. It was the night shift, okay? So it was like we, 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 you know, logged in or clocked in like at 5 in the afternoon to like 5 in the morning. Very interesting in South Carolina, okay? So and, and you, I want you to hear this loud and clear. To me, that night was anything but peaceful, okay? It was not a peaceful night. In fact, Brian later told me that his stated goal that night was to make Pastor Chris throw up, okay? <laughs> now, let me just say, that did not happen, okay? But, uh, but again, to Brian, it was just a normal night. It was. Now, we were all over the Tri-County area. We were. We, uh, I remember the very first thing we responded to was a collision with a school bus on James Island. And uh, then later, I remember we pulled, uh, we pulled someone over on the interstate uh, who, come to find out, had a warrant out for their arrest. And uh, we had stopped them on the interstate, and I'm, I'm sitting there in the car, and I'm watching it and listening to it, and, and watching with my eyes and then seeing everything happen on this little TV screen in the car, and I'm freaking out. I mean, it, I, I, I'm calling up Janet, 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 you know, it's like I'm on, I'm on NYPD Blue right here in front of my eyes, you know, and I'm watching this whole thing go down, and, and uh, then later that, that evening, we, we're, we're like in some country road back in Monk's Corner somewhere, and we pull over this woman who was speeding, and uh, uh, come to find out, she's got a baby sitting in the front seat of the car, and uh, then the last uh, event of the evening uh, was arresting a drunk driver uh, on Ashley Phosphate. And I remember at the time, my daughter, Lydia, at that time, she was just a teenager and had just started driving. And man, I remember, I'd never seen anything like that. Never seen, you know, an arrest of a drunk driver, especially not firsthand. And I found myself just getting so angry, you know, that you know, this person is driving on our, on our roads, and my daughter is, and all of that. It was just a, it was, I mean, again, to me, it was a wild and crazy night. Anything but peaceful. But Brian, he was calm, cool, and collected. Now, because I was with someone who was in charge, who had authority, Honestly, I did feel this strange sense of, of calm and peace. It, it was like Brian gave me his peace. I was under his peace. Now, it just so happens that Brian was also carrying a peace, but, you know, <laughs> that probably didn't hurt either. Um, but you see what I'm saying, right? You see, when we are in Jesus, 
When we are living under the authority of the Prince of Peace, even when circumstances in our lives are anything but peaceful, He gives us His peace. It's not ours. It's His. Now maybe you haven't been on a a ride-along lately. But my guess is that every person in this room and everyone watching online have been through circumstances that were anything but peaceful. And some of you are, are there right now. Pain, hurt, betrayal, the death of a loved one, divorce, cancer, You see, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus doesn't exempt you from those circumstances. But it does mean this, that we get to ride along through life with the person who is in charge, with the person who will see us through those circumstances and will give us his peace. Now, some of you might say, well, Pastor Chris, what if I am a believer, but I still don't have his peace? Most of the time. Most of the time, I think that's a sign that you might still be trying to do it all by yourself. You're still trying to figure it out. You're still trying to solve it on your own. You're still trying to do and cope with life outside of the Sar Shalom the Prince of Peace. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says this, don't worry about anything. And many of you right now, you are worried, period, about everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's what? God's peace. Which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard, it will protect your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, what that's saying is that we take our request, we take our chaos, we take our hurt and our pain, and we present it all to the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. And we basically humbly admit, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. It, it, it's, in fact, it's now no longer mine. I, I give it to you. I trust you with it. And because you are in charge, I can experience your peace. Number two, Jesus is also the peace who saves you. He's the peace who brings salvation. You know, when a a relationship, especially an important relationship, is out of whack, when you're in tension with, you know, your husband or wife, a boyfriend or girlfriend, nothing else seems to matter, right? I mean, you know the old saying, when mama ain't happy, what? Nobody's happy. In other words, when, when when you have a strain or a conflict in an important relationship, it really does kind of, you know, rob you of your peace. Well, nothing does that more than being out of whack with God. 
You see, ultimately, if you're not right with God, nothing's right. Listen, if you're not at peace with God, you will not experience the peace of God. Did you get that? If you're not at peace with God, you're not going to experience the peace of God. The Bible says that Jesus came to restore the peace between us and God. In other words, he came to make things right. Now, why? Why do we need that? I'll tell you why. It's really simple. Because we are all sinners in need of a Savior. You know, what did the angels say to the shepherds on that very first Christmas? Luke 2.11. Today in the town of David, a what has been born? A Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Messiah, the Lord. That's what Christmas is all about. Today, a Savior is available. And we are all sinners in need of a Savior. Now, don't get hung up on the word sinner. It just means simply that we've all gone our own way apart from God. It means that He's perfect, He's holy, and we're not. We've blown it. A little boy wrote a letter to Santa Claus, said this, Dear Santa, there are three boys living at my house. Jeffrey is two, David is four, and Norman is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good some of the time. Norman is good all of the time. I am Norman. <laughs> now, you know what the problem with that is? None of us are Normans. None of us. None of us bat a thousand. None of us always do or think the right thing. None of us are, are always right. In fact, if we were to display uh, on these screens uh, this morning for everyone here to see everything you have ever thought or said or done in 2019, no, 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 just this past week, we would all be embarrassed and ashamed. Why? Because none of us are perfect. That's why we all need a Savior. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and, and fall short of the glory of God. And it's our sin that separates us from God. But here's the good news. The good news. Romans 5.8, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You see, God made the very first move to make things right, to Restore the peace. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You know, in a, a lot of religions, if you know anything about anthropology, a lot of religions have what's called uh, a peace offering. You know, going back to the Greeks and the Romans, even a lot of Native American religions, they would offer these peace offerings to God. Well, guess what? You know, the good news is this. The Bible says that you and I don't have to do that. You don't need to make a peace offering to God. You know why? Because God already did it. He offered His one and only Son, Jesus. So what's our response? You know, bottom line it for me, Pastor Chris. So how? How are we made right with God? By faith. By faith. Romans 5.1. Listen to this. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by what? By faith. 
we have, here's that word, peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. See, you and I are made right with God through our faith in what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. You and I simply accept that free gift by faith. Man, that's what Christmas is all about. That's, that's why Jesus was born. He was on a rescue mission. He was born so that he might die for your sins and for mine, so that we might be made right with God, so that we can have peace with God. It's John 3, 16, for God so loved you, the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So let me ask you, do you believe? Have you personally accepted God's free gift of salvation? Do you have peace? You're never going to experience the peace of God until you're at peace with God. You can have that today. I mean, seriously, think about it. What better time than Christmas to open up and receive the greatest gift you're ever going to be offered. The gift of Jesus. The Prince of Peace. He's here today to offer you comfort and His salvation. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, and our Prince of Peace. Thank you for that rescue mission that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus, on for each and every one of us. And listen, if you're here today, you know, maybe you're here today and you are a believer, and yet there's an area of your life that's not at peace. You know, maybe, just maybe, that's a, a sign that you've kind of taken control back. You've taken authority away from Christ in your life and there's some area in your life that you're just not living under his authority anymore. You're trying to do it on your own. I pray today that you would humbly give that back to the Prince of Peace. And if you're here today and you haven't yet experienced the peace of God, you can have that right here and right now. The Bible says that we are made right with God by our faith. That, that God loved you so much that He sent Jesus, His one and only Son, to die on a cross for your sin, to make things right between you and the Father. 
And if you would simply put your trust, your hope, and your faith in Him and what He did for you, you can come home to God. You can receive that peace, that comfort, and salvation today. Pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe. I do. And I admit it, I have gone my own way, my own path. But today I turn around and I take a step of faith towards you. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he went to a cross to make things right and he proved his power to do so by rising from the dead. I believe that. I believe he's alive. I put my hope and my trust in him and him alone. And Father, now for the rest of my days, I want to make the Lord, the Lord of peace, my Lord. And I just want to follow him for the rest of my days. Thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for your peace. I pray this today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.